You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 15th, 2017. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Living that poor life here on December 15th. No spoilers, please. Uh, on that if you get the reference. Today, on today's episode, we're going to dive right into today's episode. We're going to preview tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers as the Orlando Magic take on the very strong and very power, very dangerous Portland Trailblazers team, although Yusuf Nurkic may be out. The Magic might be getting some good news themselves and could, uh, could provide a little bit of a sterner challenge than maybe we all anticipated. So, some good news coming for the Magic and, and you know, maybe an opportunity for a win. Orlando played Portland tough up in Portland a few weeks ago, so perhaps an opportunity there. But we'll we'll talk about them in just a moment. Today, we're also going to talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic. We've talked about him all week. Um, I dug up some numbers on him, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the Magic's three-point shooting and uh, how the Magic are kind of managing the three-point line and 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 whether they could do a little, where they could be a little bit better, where they're maybe a little bit worse, or you know maybe something where they can find the right balance, which I think is something that they're always looking for. But we do have to start with tonight's game, the Orlando Magic taking on the Portland Trailblazers, a Portland team that has been very, very good early on this season. In fact, they've been good in ways that most people do not expect. When most people think of the Portland Trailblazers, they think of two guys, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and who can blame them? Those are two very, very good players. Those are two um, elite scores and, and a backcourt that's very difficult to handle. And of course, the Magic shorthanded a little bit in the backcourt right now, although they'll, they'll throw Alfred Payton and Jonathan Simmons at them, so two, start, two starters. But at the same time, two very difficult players to deal with and two very, um, very, very guys you got to watch out for. But Portland, though, it's is kind of flipped the script on themselves. They've they, In the last few years, they've always been a really strong offensive team with not much defense or an inconsistent defense at least. This year, it's completely the opposite. Portland is 20th in the league in offensive rating at a 103.5 offensive rating. Magic actually have a better offense than them, but defensively, the Blazers are near elite. 7th in the league at 102.5 points allowed per 100 possessions. All in all, it does mean Portland rates out to about a 500 team record-wise, but this is a team that's you know maybe going through a little bit of a rough patch right now. Yusuf Nurkic has missed some time with a with with an injury of late. Uh, him not being in the lineup certainly uh, weakens their their front court just a little bit. Um, you know get, gets rid of another weapon that they have offensively. Uh, but this is a Portland team that can put up points uh, in a hurry. This is a Portland team that defends at a very very high level and makes it very difficult to score and and frustrates you. If you remember back to that first meeting between the Magic and the Blazers, the Magic raced out to a really, really good lead, if I'm not mistaken. They had a, a good control over that game early on. Then their bench came in. Uh, this is right after the Jonathan Isaac injury, if I'm not mistaken. Their bench came in, really, really struggled, and then Portland just kind of turned it on. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum played really, really well, gave Portland uh, the, the lead and control over the game. Orlando fought back, made it interesting at the end, but could not get over the hump and could not uh, get the points that they needed to, to eventually win the game. Obviously, Portland won, I believe it was a, a low-scoring affair, 99-94, to 94, or 109-104, something, something like that. Um, it, it, that's kind of how Portland plays. They keep things close and then let their stars go out and beat you. And they got a lot of different guys who can score. It's not like 
they're they're just Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I mean, we know Maurice Harkless is a capable scorer. We know Evan Turner. I mean, these guys aren't able to do it by themselves. They need that central pivot to to, to revolve around. But at the same time, uh, this is a very deep team that has a lot of just skill skill quality players, and and they will burn you if you're not careful. Um, the Magic learned that firsthand as Shabazz Napier was probably the reason Portland won the game, hitting several big three-pointers, including a couple late in the game, uh, even off of good defense that uh, buried the Magic in the end. Orlando obviously left something on the board in Portland. I think this is a game that that's a game that they want to they want to get back, um, and it might be a game that they have to get back. Of course, as as I've no- noted on several occasions. This is a big stretch in the Magic schedule, facing a lot of teams that they're probably equal to or better than, at least, or they want to be equal to or better than uh, in the standings. Portland's very good. Their defense is going to be very difficult to crack, and Orlando's going to need all hands on deck to beat this team. The good news is they will have some more hands on deck, uh, or it looks like they'll have more hands on deck for this game. Thursday, Aaron Gordon practiced with the team in full. Um, the last step of his con- of getting through the concussion protocol is getting through a practice with contact, uh, without concussion symptoms. So he will be reviewed before he will be reviewed. Uh, he's probably reviewed after the practice. He'll probably be reviewed again uh, during shoot around, before shoot around, or after shoot around. If he is symptom free and the doctors clear him, he will be ready to play. It seemed like he was very very close to playing Wednesday. Uh, but just could not get the last doctor approval, could not get that last step done, and out of abundance of caution, which I completely agree with, um, the Magic held him out for one more game. So Gordon, Aaron Gordon, if he's not back on Friday, uh, looks like he will almost certainly be back for Sunday's game at Detroit. So Aaron Gordon is very, very close to coming back. So too is, and you're not going to believe this, so too is Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac had his first full contact practice Thursday. Frank Vogel said out, said before Wednesday's game, the plan was to get him through practice Thursday, see how he felt. He practiced Thursday. They're going to see how he feels Friday, and he's been upgraded to questionable for Friday's game. By the time you're listening to this, he might already be cleared. If he's feeling good, I suspect that the Magic will put him into the game and play him and you know, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe give him a lot of responsibility early on. So the Magic are getting some key players back. Obviously, Aaron Gordon is the team's top scorer, will help the offense tremendously, take some pressure off of some other guys, maybe to create a little bit, um, put some put some focus on the defense maybe that uh, wasn't already there. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, Jonathan Isaac, the, probably the team's, uh, at least statistically, the team's top defensive impact player. There are two players on the Magic that have a positive net rating when they are on the court as opposed to off the court, um, and that is Jonathan Isaac and Nikola Vucevic, who we'll talk about in just a little bit. So the Magic getting those two players back, obviously, is a huge deal for the for the team. Um, it improves their power forward depth tremendously, as, as well as as good as Mario Azonia played, and I got into plenty of arguments about Mario Azonia and the mistakes in his development, which there were many, uh, you know, on both sides there, but... Um, as well as Mario Zonia played on 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 Thursday or on Wednesday, and I suspect that he would still get have a place in the rotation somewhere because he did play very very well. Um, I, I think that you got you throw Isaac in there, uh, you know, because because Isaac just adds so much to you on the defensive end. So um, good to have. It'll be very good to have him back. You're going to have to ease him back in just a little bit, kind of let him let him get comfortable again. Uh, but uh, I think that obviously good things coming for the Magic uh, with those two guys coming back. 
back from injury. And before we get into the rest of the show, I want to help you get some holiday cash. You need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. It's what, about a, you know, Star Wars is out. The holiday movies are coming out. You've got about 10 days, 10 shopping days left till Christmas. I've already run out of time. It's the third night of Hanukkah. It's the second night of Hanukkah for me, or third night of Hanukkah. I don't even know what night of Hanukkah is. My gifts are gone. I, I, I've run out of time. But while the holidays mean plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games you can score big on every day. Play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I would recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Just check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup and mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, that is locked on, not locked on magic, locked on, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And, you know, one, one of the big things that we've talked about throughout the season and, and something we've kind of kept an eye on is, is how the Magic have tried to modernize their, themselves. Obviously, last year, the team tried to kind of zag where everyone zigged and went to a bigger lineup. And, and yeah, Serge Ibaka is a, kind of a, a shot-blocking stretch for, at least that's what the, they kind of idealize him as. Um, and he didn't really pan out that way. And the Magic ended up cluttering the lane because they had so many guys just in the lane. Um, Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo, Nikola Vucevic, guys who needed to be near the paint and either couldn't because they needed the spacing or were keeping other guys from getting in the paint. Uh, it was not a good mix at all. And toward the end of the season, when Aaron Gordon finally moved back to the four, his more natural position, uh, the Magic's offense picked up significantly. The team played significantly better. And obviously, it all seemed to, to fall into place, to, to be part of the same puzzle. That if you do this, then that. If you do this, then that. You know, so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. And, you know, Orlando was happy to take threes last year. This isn't about quantity. This isn't about anything like that. When it comes to the three-point shot, it is almost certainly more about the quality of the three-point shot the Magic are taking. Because believe it or not, despite the Magic going faster, going to a more up-tempo style, going to a more spread-the-floor style, the Magic have taken fewer three-point attempts per year this season. What's different about the Magic this year is their efficiency. While they're taking fewer threes, the, the quantity is not what matters. It's the quality of the three-pointers that they're taking. Last year, Orlando shot 32.8 three-pointers per game, 29th in the league. This year, even at 30.1 three-pointers per game, they're 12th in the league. But this year, unlike last year when they shot... Um, just 32.8% from beyond the arc, 29th in the league. This year, this year, they're shooting 36.7% from beyond the arc, 14th in the league. This is a, you know, with, with few roster changes, 
you know, Nikola Vucevic adding a three-point shot, Aaron Gordon adding a three-point shot, Evan Fournier becoming a better, a more efficient three-point shooter, getting back to his normal numbers, or a little bit above his normal numbers. Orlando is basically an average three-point shooting team, or a median three-point shooting team. That is a pretty incredible turnaround when you really think about it. That is a really incredible turnaround. And Orlando has obviously done a lot of things to get itself there. There's always a balance, though, that you need to find when you're taking three-pointers. Because when you actually break down some of these numbers, there is a little bit of a correlation for Orlando. In games where the Magic shoot more than three point, more than 33 pointers per game, so when they shoot an above average amount of three pointers, the Magic are just two and eleven. So it, 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 I don't know how much to dig into that number. It's a nice little factoid, but it feels like when the Magic settle for three pointers, when they're taking more three pointers than not. That's when their offense comes up a little bit more, when maybe they don't shoot as effectively as they might otherwise shoot. Don't get it wrong. It's not the quality the quantity of three-pointers. It's the efficiency and the quality of the three-pointers that matters. When Orlando makes their three-pointers, no matter how they're getting them, they are a much more effective offense and a much more effective team. When the Magic are missing their three-pointers, obviously, that's a problem. So, how do the Magic get their three-pointers then? You know, I, I there was a game against the Indiana Pacers a few weeks ago um, where the Magic shot 41 three-pointers. And when you break down the numbers on that, and, and, and I asked Frank Vogel about that, and he said, you know, probably not all 41 were good shots, but if... But generally, the stance from the team is if they're open, take them. We want our players taking those shots if they're open. And what has changed a little bit is that the Magic are taking three-pointers at a much more effective rate or taking open, getting more open three-pointers. Of the Magic's 844 three-point attempts entering Wednesday's game, 752 came when the shooter was open or wide open, according to NBA.com. So, essentially, with no defender within six feet of them. 752 of 844, that is nearly 90%. Last year, for instance, it was 82.7%. So, that roughly 8%, 7% difference seems pretty small. But when you're shooting thousands of three-pointers... Let's say the Magic shoot, I mean, what are they on pace for now? 2,000 three-pointers? That's a couple hundred more open looks that you're getting. And last year, of course, they weren't making nearly as many of those attempts. So it feels like the quality of Orlando's three-point shot has increased. And of course, that makes sense. The efficiency has increased. They're making them now. But very clearly, they're getting better looks too. And so again, it's kind of a feedback loop in some ways. 
the Magic are getting more open three-pointers. They're making more three-pointers. They're making more three-pointers because they're getting more open three-pointers and so on and so on and so on and so on. I think it is a sign of a healthy offense that the Magic are seeing this trend. And the good news is they're not taking too many of these three-pointers early in the shot clock. Most of their three-pointers come in the middle of the shot clock, which is probably the sweet spot where you want to be. If you're taking them too early, that means you're either rushing it or you know, you're getting a lot of transition three-pointers. If you're taking them too late, that probably means you're not getting a good shot at the end of the day. So it, it, in many ways, it feels like the Magic have figured out how to effectively use the three-pointer. They are getting themselves in good position to score and getting themselves in good position to reap the benefits of their improved shooting. Of course, it can always be better. There does seem to be a tendency to settle for three-point shots. The player tracking statistics are not always super reliable as far as telling you anything. And yeah, a lot of teams are, of course, going to get and take and make open three-pointers. And at the end of the day, the Magic probably aren't still considered a great shooting team. And certainly not the team they have right now. I mean, I think the problem against the Clippers on Wednesday and why the team wasn't able to get much of a rhythm is the Clippers had no respect for any of the Magic shooters. And so they packed the paint and made life difficult for them. But obviously Orlando's done better with the three-point shot. And we have to give them credit for that. And one guy who has certainly expanded his game and made himself a more valuable player because of the three-point shot is Nikola Vucevic. And I've talked a lot about Nikola Vucevic this week. I did a whole little segment on him uh, on Sunday's podcast. But, you know, I, I read this great article on NBA Math about Vucevic. You know, I've looked at some of their stats about Vucevic. And it's... Uh, and, it, and, it, and it's somewhat bewildering to look at his statistics and his, his statistical, at least the impact of him statistically while he's on the floor. Because a lot of the narratives and, and the conversation and even my personal observations about Vucevic suggest a very different story. And so if, 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 if sometimes it feels like I'm, and I'm a Vucevic defender, don't get me wrong. I think, I think he, he is, I think he is given, he deserves more credit than he receives Maybe not as much as some of the on-off numbers suggest he should receive, but I believe that fans are a little unnecessarily hard on him. There are limitations. We know those limitations, but he does a lot of other things good too, and I think that Frank Vogel is somewhat, at least in this recent stretch, very correct to keep him in the starting lineup and certainly as a focus on the team. The, the real reality is that Nikola Vucevic does a lot for this team offensively. He is a, a really good passer for a center, and that's something I'm going to write about probably a little bit later on. So I may be talking more Nikola Vucevic in the future. He's obviously got the jumper and the scoring down. And even when he's not scoring as efficiently and effectively as we would like, he still makes good things happen for his teammates, at least offensively. Defensively, yeah, there are still problems. He's not great in the pick and roll. Right now, he's playing with a lot of defensive fire, and he's playing really, really well on the defensive end. He's blocked a lot of shots recently, 
He's not a great rim protector still, but at least he's putting himself in position to defend shots better. Those are positive steps. But overall, yes, Vucevic struggles defensively. Among player, among centers who average at least 15 minutes per game, Vucevic is 10th worst in defended field goal percentage at the rim, giving up 64% shooting at the rim. How much of that is his point guard's poor defense, as his guard's poor defense? How much of that is his poor defense? That number may not quite capture it. But we do know Vucevic is averaging a career high in blocks at the moment. We do know that Vucevic's offensive numbers have come back to their normal levels. He's averaging 17 points per game, about nine rebounds per game, and shooting 54.8% effective field goal percentage, which, of course, the three-pointers are aiding. And we know that when we look at on-off numbers, and it's been a significant part of the season to do so, when we look at on-off numbers, Vucevic's impact and importance cannot be understated. NBA, like I said earlier, there are only two players on the Magic right now who the team has a positive net rating while they're on the floor, regardless of teammates, just individual on-off net rating. Jonathan Isaac, the Magic are plus 0.3 points per 100 possessions with Jonathan Isaac on the floor. That means any time, that means for all the lineups and all the times Jonathan Isaac is on the floor, the Magic outscore their opponents by 0.3 points per 100 possessions, essentially even. With Nikola Vucevic on the floor, the Magic outscore opponents by 2 points per 100 possessions. For a team that is as far under 500 as the Magic are right now, that's not insignificant, and certainly he and Isaac are the only two guys with that mark. Not Aaron Gordon, not Evan Fournier, just Vucevic and Isaac. According to... And and and, and there are a little more details in there, of course. The Magic's offense is just much better. A 109.9 offensive rating with Vucevic on the floor and a 107.9 defensive rating. So the defense is still not strong. But the issue is when you take Vucevic off the floor, the offense goes in the, goes in the tank to about 93.7. And the team's defensive rating is only marginally better at 107.0. So essentially, the Magic lose gain nothing defensively by putting Vucevic on the bench and lose just about everything offensively. That's part of the problem with Bismack Biombo overall. Because he's taking the majority of those minutes with Vucevic off the floor. But according but what's more interesting, according to NBA Math's Fats calculator, really interesting tool. The Magic play similar to a 47-win team with Vucevic on the floor. Their statistical profile is that of a 47-win team. Without Vucevic, they play like a 27-win team. Essentially, essentially, statistically, the Magic are 20 wins better with Vucevic on the floor. That is somewhat shocking to hear and incredibly telling about how important Vucevic remains to this team. And so... Every so like so a lot of these statistical models show that Nikola Vucevic has a major positive impact 
on the Orlando Magic. And that's not something we can ignore. What's difficult maybe to do right now is to marry the eye test to the stats. Because we do see a lot of those weaknesses that we've seen and kind of know about with Vucevic. We do want him to be a little bit more efficient offensively. I mean, against the Clippers, the Magic needed him to step up in a big way, and he struggled a little bit with his shot, making shots that he should make. The good news is right now Vucevic is on a tear defensively. He's playing really, really good defense, and it's it's hard to pin a lot of the, uh, any defensive issues on him right now. In fact, I think the Magic are playing better defense than they've played in a while. And so that is, again, a, a step in the right direction for the Magic and, and, and for Vucevic overall. So the question then becomes, how do we reconcile what we see and what the stats say? And then the question, of course, becomes, how does that translate into actual wins? Vucevic is playing very, very well. But him alone is not going to get the team to victory. And all those shortcomings that we know about so long, so much, how do those play a factor in his future? For now, I think it's best just to focus on the present and to know that Nikola Vucevic is playing like he's the best player on the team right now. And really, he's been pretty solid for the most part. He's had his defensive lulls. Frank, Coach Vogel, I think, said earlier in the week that he's had to get on Vucevic a little bit defensively, and Vucevic has responded. And as I've always said, I think no one wants this team to succeed more than Nikola Vucevic. He has a lot of personal responsibility for what's going on right now. Or he feels it, at least. But very clearly, he's not someone that can lift everyone up on his own. He makes the system work. He enhances the players around him. But he is not someone that gets it going by himself on either end. And maybe that says everything that needs to be said. For now, it's very clear the Magic need Nikola Vucevic. There is no one better for this team right now than him. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll have a complete recap of Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, as well as a recap of the Magic's game against the Detroit Pistons on Monday. That episode will also be our regular Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. You can join us Sunday at noon on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page, facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. Again, that's Sunday at noon Eastern time. Join us to interact with me live. We'll do a live show. We'll talk all about the Orlando Magic, what happened over the weekend. I'll probably be talking about things the Magic need to fix, so... Come with your questions. I want to answer your questions and interact with you live. Again, that's Sunday at noon Eastern time on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook, facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. You can, of course, always get in touch with the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Just search for Locked On Magic there. You can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, including an Orlando Magic Daily staff roundtable that'll be up in the morning on Monday. So be sure to check that out. That's going to do it for me. I want to wish everyone a very happy week. Keep living that, that poor life. 
And for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again Sunday for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. If not then, then on Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.